I'll read to you today the, the gospel passage from our lectionary, um, not preaching on that text. Today is, you may note, in the, in the lectionary cycle, a day called Trinity Sunday. Trinity Sunday is the day when preachers are asked to explain a doctrine of the church that has been virtually unintelligible for the last 2,000 millennia. And uh, I'm not taking that task on. We're going to talk about something else. This is Memorial Sunday in the life of our church, and I want to talk about that today. But I will read to you from Matthew 28, the 16th verse, a section of Matthew that scholars pretty unanimously understand as being a later addition to the text. So here's how it goes. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember... I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I said, today is Memorial Sunday in the life of this particular congregation. We take a Sunday to say out loud the names of the folks who were members of this church who have passed in the past decade. And I think that's an important thing to do. Now, some of you will ask, well, what about Memorial Day that we all know as a holiday, as a national holiday? Well, it might be helpful to know the origin of that holiday. And there's a myth surrounding the origin of this holiday, which may or may not be true, but the myth goes like this. After the Civil War, a mother of a young soldier who had been killed went to put flowers on his grave. And somehow this cemetery ended up having both northern and confederate soldiers in it. But it was in the north. And so the mother realized that only the graves of the soldiers from the north were being decorated. And unlike some who might look at that and say, well, that's what they deserve, those rebel upstarts, she looked around and realized that those were graves of some mother's sons. And that something needed to be done, that they needed to be recognized as well, that they needed to be remembered. And so they started what was then called Decoration Day when they went and they decorated the graves of all the soldiers. And Decoration Day eventually turned into Memorial Day, which is, in our nation's culture, supposed to be a time when we acknowledge and are grateful for the soldiers that have fought and died on the side of American justice. That is a noble thing. It is marvelous. And we should acknowledge that. 
But I thought we would look today instead on what the Bible says about memorials. There is no such thing in the Bible that I can find anywhere of them kind of acknowledging soldiers or warriors in the same way that we do with Memorial Day. Instead, what happens in the Bible is that there are three kinds of memorials. There is a memorial where God makes covenants with God's people and remembers them. And every time God remembers one of those, God sends a sign. God makes a covenant with the people after the flood and sends a sign of a rainbow saying, we are st- I am still your God and you are still my people. God makes a covenant with Abraham. God makes a covenant through the prophets. God makes a covenant with Jesus Christ. And for us, the cross has become a sign of that covenant, a way to remember what Jesus has done for us. And remember that communion, while I try to stress to you, is not just a memorial. It is a memorial, also a joy, and also an an anticipation of what is to come. But God gives us signs and symbols of the memorial for what God has done for us. There is a second way that people memorialize things in the Bible, and that is when they realize they realize what God has done for us. So when the people, for example, cross the river when it is cross the Jordan River when it is parted for them to cross through. They build a monument out of stones so that every time people walk past there, they can say, we remember that God stopped this river for us and did a glorious thing. When the people cross the Red Sea, Miriam dances and sings with them. And some of those songs the Jews claim to still have today, we remember what God has done for us. Particularly the prophets have many, many signs that they have to remember or to remind people who have forgotten what God has done for us. And then the third type of remembrance in the Bible is we remember each other. We remember our ancestors. There is in the book of Deuteronomy a very, very long and complicated, many chapters long list of what the priests are supposed to dress like, what they're supposed to look like, what colors their things are supposed to be. There's a breastplate, there's an ephod, there's epaulets, there's a hat, a turban made out of gold. There's all kinds of things that they wear as priestly garments. But the very first one The ephod, which is like mm, an apron, is to contain the names of the 12 tribes. The 12 tribes who are named after men, the sons of Jacob. 
They are to remember who it was that their ancestors were who brought them out of Egypt and formed them into a people. And I would assert to you that today we do the same thing. We consider the beautiful people of God who built this church up. And not that these are the only ones. Would that we could go back not 10 years, but 100 years, but 125 years and talk about all the saints that have gone before us and what they did for this place. The reality is, the cold hard reality is, and I'm going to keep talking about this whether you like it or not, until our giving increases... The cold hard reality is that we are living off the funds that these folks left us. Our gifts to this church are not sufficient. But their love of this church is. Think about all the things we have. Starting with Mr. Vance, we have this building and the one across and the one attached to us. And we have much more. We have care for those buildings. We have music that's incredible. We have children's programs. And all of you remember when the children's programs were much more full than they are now. Please don't tell me that. We're doing great with our kids now. Even if there aren't millions of them. We have a place to worship God freely and fully and none of that could happen apart from those who went before us today as we remember saints of God let us do so with gratitude and grace with, yes, a little grief that they are not here with us now, but with much more joy that they left our lives much better for being in them. I'm going to read the list. Alan's going to ding a dong after every year that I name. Those who passed in 2013 were Margaret Akers, Nick Baker, Don Garvin, Ann Geyer, Ann Osborne, and Deborah Frame Zinn. In 2014, Michael Cox, Kathleen Hennig, John Medic, John Morrison, Nancy Paul and Joyce Welty. 2015. Gordon Downey, Mary Jane Hopkins, Nancy Monroe, Mary Ellen Robinson, Lloyd Smith. 2016. Brent Bush. 
Betty Campbell, Ruth Hare, Carol Maxwell, Linda Morrison, Daniel Naranch, Linda Peterson, and Alice Trapp. In 2017, Francina Arsenal, Stephanie Block, Stuart Block, A.J. Gray, Kenneth Klein, Doris Middick, Irita Tebay, Margaret Tebay, and Dick Wyatt. 2018, Virginia Bales, Charlie Hare. 2019, Frank Bush, Priscilla Butler, Sally Ezel, Mary Hudnell, Jay Parmar, Edna Mae Barger, Jesse McHenry, and Peggy Bates. 2020, William Maxwell, Willetta Bell, Martha Kelly, and Jane McCammick. 2021, Tom Monroe, Ned George, Don Hendrickson, and Deborah Cox. 2023, 22, Virginia Delaney, Dorothy Albison, Elizabeth Provence, and Marilyn Phyllis. 2023, Betty Steele and Nina McHenry. Thanks be to God for these saints. May they rest in the cloud of witnesses, and may they ever be an example to us of Christian living. Amen.